podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and I'm joined by my lovely, lovely week one co host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? I feel like you calling me week one co-host implies that I might not be here week two. Yeah, that's that's so, probably a good point. I didn't mean it that way. I only I, meant it out of love. I'm I'm hurt, uh, you know, TBH, as the kids say on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I meant it. I meant it only out of love. It's it's week one, man. Yeah, no, you're right, and and you know, I I don't know if I am into have actually having to give real advice for real situations. I. I, I yeah. kind of liked, uh, you know, waxing uh, uh, philosophical for the past uh, three months or four months or however long we did. Yeah, it's, it's 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 pretty convenient to be able to say things that didn't matter. Right. Just like you could just say things all summer long and they didn't matter at all. Yeah, I mean, you could say you could just be like, look, I mean, when you're talking about tight end, you can play almost anyone. That's right. That's, right. that's the stream. And, and yeah, you just you know, do people, it. People would listen and just nod along. And now we have to actually be like, well, here's the thing about that. Um, we, we have to do things. I'm ready. I'm, I'm pumped to see which, cause I mean, it's inevitable that tight ends and even some quarterbacks, quarterbacks, you kind of know like which guys are going to be streamers this year, mm-hmm. but tight, tight ends are always the wild card. You know, last year we had Jordan Reed and obviously well, Julius Thomas got picked up early, but then the, you know, Tim Wright, like we had our boys, we're going to get some, some new boys. Yeah, no. And, and I, I guarantee you, and we'll talk about this in more detail, obviously, but I guarantee you. At least a couple of the people we are going to talk about today and next week are going to become every week starters. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. It happened last year. We, it, it was, it, it was a beautiful thing last year. This podcast, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can keep things going because we. I, I mean, patting both of us on the back at the same time is what I'm doing right now <laughs> yeah, the, with both it, hands, one arm around you and the other one on my right shoulder. It, there's only like 14 people on planet Earth who could do that. By the way, yeah, so yeah, I have really, really long arms and huge hands. It's so it's it, impressive. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, that's what I'm doing right now, and but I'm excited. I'm I'm ready to see uh, see who kind of emerges and whatnot, and and I'm ready to talk about Alex Smith every single week. To be honest, I I mean that's like that's a given, and it's also like this close to becoming the name of our podcast is just the Alex Smith Hour with JJ and Ben. <laughs> <laughs> or just living the Alex Smith. <laughs> oh my God! If we named it that, he would actually come on the show. I bet he would not right? come on the show. Oh come on! He no one likes him. Chiefs fans hate him more than anyone. That's true. And now he's got a massive contract. Oh, they, I know. And they're so mad. They're so mad. My my boy Sully on Twitter is so mad about it. Yeah, I mean, I think I I want to be clear here that like I don't think that Alex Smith is a good. I, I wrote an article last year about how he's not a good quarterback. How he's basically just a game manager. Uh, but that doesn't matter in fantasy football. Just just throwing it out there. I don't think Alex Smith is is a good quarterback. But it's it's pretty interesting that they they locked him up the way that they did because Chiefs fans have to live with with game manager Smith for a while now. I mean, how how many years? I can't remember the exact numbers, I mean, but it, the the, the it, it's it's just crazy. It's it's crazy to me, but but at the same time, like that's the way that the quarterback quarterback market is right now in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, it, it happens. But um, other other stuff happened too. Wes Welker. Wes yeah. Welker. What was now we now we know why Wes Welker was was throwing out hundred dollar bills at the Kentucky Derby. I mean that yeah that all makes a lot of sense. I mean you know I don't I don't know <laughs> like what the signs of Molly usage are, but right. I will say that that looked particularly Molly esque. Yeah, you, I mean was it was it the outfit or the action? I mean it was it was both uh, probably mostly the outfit. I mean let's just say. Uh, you know, it didn't look like he had had a few too many beers, if you know right. what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. I've because I've 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 had a few too many beers. Have I'm I'm not really a, a Molly expert here. But <laughs> I don't think either of I, us. Are. I, I, I mean, I I stream I stream quarterbacks. I'm not sitting here doing Molly during the day. Well, I, I, I find that to find the right streamer, I have to use Molly. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that, I mean, but that's that, you know, I go out into the desert and do peyote <laughs> for a few hours. You got to get in the right state of mind, man. I understand. <laughs> I'm like the Jim Morrison of streaming. And that's kind of how I like to think of myself. But anyway, let's <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, I did not think that bringing up Wes Volker was going to go there. Me neither. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Wes Walker's not going to be playing. Now all the Emmanuel Sanders is going to be out there. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. It's like Davis. It like literally, like I feel so bad for our boy Davis Maddock because not only is Josh Gordon suspended and Johnny Manziel's not oh. playing week one, but now he's almost forced to play Emmanuel Sanders. Oh my gosh, I know. And, and you know Sanders is going to go bonkers. Oh, he's gonna, yeah. Yeah, he's going to go nuts. He's going to go nuts week one. And it's just going to be... It's gonna be bad, bad, bad news. He's he's gonna outplay Eric Decker, and Davis Maddock is gonna just rest in peace. His mentions, yeah, rest in peace, big uh, team, big wide receiver. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. But anyway, well, it's week one, which means we have to give streaming recommendations. We're not we're not giving stupid bold predictions anymore, and talking about who our favorite running backs are in the season. That's not what we do. That's not really that fun anyway. No, no, we it wanna, really isn't. We want to give actionable advice to help you win your fantasy league. So, without further ado, Dennis, why don't you get into some week one defensive streamers? Oh, yes. Well, <clears throat> the most obvious one, and I think, you know, a lot of these are, they're, they're no secret. And, and the, the biggest non-secret this week uh, uh, is the Jets defense uh, against the, the Raiders. And I feel like a lot of people are backing off, are backpedaling big time on the Jets defense this week because Schaub has been benched in favor of the rookie car. And I understand on the surface why that is <clears throat> unappealing to anyone who was going to just roll with gangrene without thinking about it because Schaub is a, is a turnover machine. The car looked good against mostly, mostly against second team and in, in, in third team defenses in the preseason. Um, and the Jets secondary is a total wreck. Okay, I, and and I get all of that, but here's what the Jets have going for them: they're favored, which I, I was showing on the fake football this month, or I'm sorry, last month, that favorites uh, uh, are are very good for streaming defense defensive purposes. So are home teams. So the Jets are home; they're favorites against a really bad Oakland team, against a a, a rookie quarterback making his first start on the road, cross country trip. I just I just feel like. Like there's really no reason to say, oh no, you know what? Car starting, I'm out. I'm out on the right. jet. Right. I so. agree. I I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, I and I, 
you know, obviously you can take it as uh, take the car situation as an upgrade over Schaub, but at the same time, that's mostly built on uh, uncertainty. You know, it, it's built on the fact that okay, it's not Matt Schaub, and Matt Schaub is terrible. Therefore, Derek Carr is autom- automatically a lot better, which could very well be true. But even so. You think about what the Jets do well, and that's stopping the run. And you think about what Oakland is going to want to do, and that's run the football. Uh, So even though the Jets' secondary is depleted and doesn't look that great, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Exactly. And just one more point about the Jets before I get on to the second option is that uh, their concern, the concern this week, obviously, is their secondary, the health and quality of their secondary. Thankfully, that probably won't matter that much. Right. And I think that that's, that's, that's the key. Yeah. Um, second one, uh, the Bears. The, sh- the Bears are are available on a uh, number of waiver wires for some reason. Mm-hmm. And well, I guess maybe it's because they were pretty much almost unusable for a lot of last season. Um, uh, they're playing a Bills offense that is in disarray by any s- standard, really. Yeah. Uh, you want to? Uh, yeah. You want to talk about worst quarterback starter in the NFL? This is it. Yes. Right. I mean. I mean. EJ Manuel. Uh, hopefully, and I think probably will be forced to throw at on the road, underdogs, uh, uh, week one <clears throat> in a hostile environment. I, I just I really like the Bears' chances of 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 posting a nice high score. I don't think that they have the highest ceiling in the world because the Bills are just simply not a team uh, that's going to come out and and wing it forty five or fifty times, and that's what we want really. Mm-hmm. Um, but they will be forced out of that ultra run heavy scheme that they tend toward, uh, and Manuel will be, will be forced to do something with the ball. I think that 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 can only spell really you know good things for the opposing defense. Uh, so the Bears, I'm actually starting them in a few of my most important leagues, a couple of my most important leagues uh, this week, and in daily fantasy they're really reasonably priced, and I feel like they're like a lock. For um, them and the Steelers are, are are just locks for like fifty fifty games and and nice you know nice safe plays at the defensive position. Yeah, you know the the thing with um, Chicago's defense as well is that they were not only banged up on the line, but they improved the line over the off season, and that's the, one of the biggest reasons that front seven was terrible last year. And if you recall, they got gashed uh, by running games last year. So yeah. someone might look at this matchup and say, well, the Bills are a run heavy team, and the Bills can run the football. Uh, but at the same time, the Bills are going to have to keep pace with uh, one of the best offenses in the league, and the Bills' defense is not nearly as strong as it was last year. Mike Pettin's gone, uh, Jarris Bird's gone. I mean, it's it could be they could struggle defensively, and that's not good news for for the Bills' offense. Yeah, no, I, and I just I just think that this is a really high floor kind of game for the Bears' defense. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. All right, so who's your last one? Last option. And I'm not. I'm, I'm honestly not as as bullish on the Lions' defense at home against the Giants on on Monday night as as most are. I I feel like on Twitter, it's not really a question. It's just people people are looking for confirmation, saying um, I'm rolling with yeah. the Lions' defense. Please tell me this is uh, you know the the best play of the, of the week. The thing is, you know, this, the Giants are not running the same offense that they did last year. Um, this is a much more, this is a much safer offense, especially passing wise. Um, lots of dinking and dunking in, uh, in, in Ben, Ben McAdoo's uh, scheme. Um, you know, very little of the airing it out that we saw under Gilbride. And I, I think that, I think that you're looking at a game that 
in which the Lions are probably not this really high ceiling, high ceiling kind of play that you might think uh, they would be, or or that they would be last year against this Giants team. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying they're a bad stream. In fact, I'm using them in one league. Uh, but I am saying that I th- I, w- I would rather go with the Bears or the the Jets this week. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm I'm pretty. I, I mean, I like the the D line versus the offensive line matchup, and then. I think if they do, you know, if Eli does eliminate his turnovers this year, then obviously the Giants' offense isn't as target-worthy as they were last year, which is kind of what you were getting at there with the more of the West Coast-style short short passes and that offense under McAdoo. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's good. I love all three of those defenses, playing, playing a lot of them in daily as well, because uh, they're – except the Jets, the Jets' price on DraftKings, I think, was actually pretty high. But – yeah. Yeah, it was uh, on draft day and draft or, or FanDuel. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah. So you got the Lions, the Jets, and the Bears. Solid. That's right. Solid. Yep. Those are. So who do you have at quarterback? At quarterback, I will start with the my my favorite option of the week. Um, he's only owned in about thirty percent of ESPN.com leagues for what it's worth. I know that some people are going to listen to this and say, "Oh, he's owned in my league." Well, okay, he's not owned in all of them. Uh, but it's Carson Palmer in Arizona. I think both of us kind of have him pegged as a potential like season long QB one kind of guy. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, like you know, before their buy last year, and I mentioned this on the podcast before. Before their buy last year, um, Carson Palmer was only better in terms of passing than expected points. The metric we use at Number Fire, he was only better than Josh Freeman, Geno Smith, and Blaine Gabbard before the, wow. before their buy last week. After their bye, he was performing like a top five quarterback in football. Um, and I'm hoping that that translates and moves into 2014 with Michael Floyd, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, and Andre Ellington in the backfield as a pass catcher. Uh, so I, I like him. I like his value week to week, but it's even better uh, because they're playing against San Diego, uh, a defense that struggles against the pass. They ranked 26th according to number five metrics last year. Um, so I think, I think Palmer's a, a pretty safe, uh, streaming option. I'm pretty sure the over-under uh, in that game uh, is pretty decent as well. I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah, well, it's at 45. It's actually lower than I thought it would be. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that he's a solid option uh, at quarterback this week. A guy that that has uh, potential to to blow up, but at the same time has a good floor. Um, yeah. Second guy I have is Alex Smith, which is could be a surprise because uh, Dwayne Bowe's not playing. Uh, but, you know, despite the fact that Tennessee last year really held opposing offenses in terms of yards, uh, their their advanced metrics really weren't that good. They ranked 23rd against the pass. They don't have Alteron Werner anymore. Um, and, and the other thing, too, to keep in mind with, with the Chiefs' offense is that, uh, you know, similar to, to the way you were talking about with Eli, I mean, it's a, it's a short... I mean, Alex Smith isn't throwing the ball downfield, um, so it doesn't matter as much that he's losing Dwayne Bow. let's say. Um, I, I'm not really thrilled about the wide receiver options they have, uh, but hopefully Travis Kelsey, who we'll, we'll get into a little bit later, hopefully Travis Kelsey can step up uh, and be a legitimate pass catcher for them week one. And then obviously they have Jamal Charles, who had saw over 100 targets last year. He's their best pass catcher, um, and he's going to be playing, and he's going to be dynamic. So... I th- it, and yeah. then obviously the Konami code, you know, Alex, right. Alex Smith can get, can get points with his legs, which is phenomenal whenever you're streaming quarterbacks, because it gives, you know, even if he has middling 
uh, passing numbers. He, he still has the ability to run the football for 30, maybe 40 yards, and perhaps he gets into the, into the end zone, which would be amazing. Uh, that just automatically makes him basically a, a QB, a low-end QB1 that week. So I think Alex Smith is solid. He's probably going to be on this list almost every single week, but it's only because you know he's only owned in about 20% of leagues. Yeah, you know, I mean, it would be great if Bo were playing. I think, you know, it would be a lot easier to uh, to, to, to go with Smith here. But I, I really don't think that the presence of Dwayne Bow makes or breaks Alex Smith for one game against a secondary that's probably not, you know, like elite. Right. You know, so I just, I, I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, even if, even if he has kind of a lackluster game where he throws for 200 yards and a touchdown, he can still make up for it on the ground. Yeah. And I, that's something that's kind of overlooked a lot in, in evaluating Alex Smith's fantasy value. Yeah, and I think the other point to make here, too, that we really haven't touched on is the fact that in week one with these positional players, not defense necessarily, you kind of want to go safe. You know, you don't want to take, like, crazy, crazy, at least for me, I don't want to take crazy, crazy chances only because you you don't have information. When, you're, when, when it gets later in the season and you have more and more information, I mean, think of last year. Like, we knew to target Atlanta's secondary every single week last year because every single quarterback threw at least two touchdowns against them. Uh, so, you know, I think that you don't have that information. So play it safe, and, and people listening might say, oh, if I'm playing it safe, I'm only going to get 12 to 15 points from my quarterback. Well, at the same time, there are, there are teams out there that drafted a quarterback or drafted a tight end or drafted a defense, let's say, that, you know, that they're, they're assuming that those players are automatically going to produce, you know, usable numbers, but that's just not how it works. There's going to be turnover, you know, that's just the way the league is. Uh, so even though, you know, you might not get insane upside with some of these guys, um, at the same time, the teams who did draft those positions early aren't necessarily either. Right. I, I wouldn't even say the expectation is for for usable numbers among, you know, people who spent a, a, a second, third, fourth, fifth round pick on a uh, quarterback. I, th- I think the expectation week in and week out really is uh, elite numbers. Right. And um, that that simply doesn't happen as Good point. as you've shown you've shown in your books and, yeah. and everything else. It's uh, it goes without saying at this point. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you on. Smith. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one uh, is another Smith, and it's of the Geno variety. So this is probably the one that, uh, you know, deeper leagues, uh, people listening in deeper leagues would probably want to uh, listen to just because it's Geno Smith and no one wants Geno Smith. He's terrible. <laughs> uh, but, every, you know, I think it was the guys at Rotoviz, maybe particularly actually Fantasy Douche, who brought on the, yeah. the, the Geno Smith love, uh, realizing yeah. how well he performed against bottom half defenses last year. He was... He almost put, I think it was almost 19 fantasy points per contest against bottom half defenses, which is great. Right. And even better for, for Gino was his performance in Jets wins, right. where he averaged 23, 23.4 or 5 points per game in Jets wins. And this one is looking like it's supposed to be a positive game flow. The, the, the you know, Vegas favors the, the Jets by 4.5 or 5 points. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, he was, he was borderline elite in Jets wins, if you can believe it. Yeah. And the other good part too, like we were talking about with Alex Smith is that Geno Smith towards the end of last year started to run the ball a lot more than he was during the beginning of the season, uh, which is great for fantasy football purposes. So, you know, the Raiders defense is, is not good against a pass. Uh, they ranked fourth to last last season, uh, according to some of the metrics we use in number fire, even, even though the defense might be a little bit more improved, let's not get overly excited about it. Also, uh, you know, this, 
this goes more towards your, your jet streaming defense thing. Uh, but the Raiders offense, and this also helps the, the Geno Smith case because they're going to be leading or that they're going to win. But the Raiders offense, I looked back, the last time they were a top 15 offense was in 2002 with Rich Gannon, according to, to our, our overall offensive metrics, which that's, that's yeah, amazing. it's crazy. It's it's really the 2010 season, uh, the one where McFadden went off uh, with Hugh Jackson. That they were they were 16th because I know someone's probably listening and their their total yards I think was higher. But but when you adjusted for strength of schedule and you looked at NEP, uh, they they were ranked 16th. So yeah, they haven't had a top 15 offense since 2002, which is another reason you should like Jets players this <laughs> week. But Geno Smith has extra pass catchers, especially Eric Decker. Um, I'm, I think Decker could have a big game as well. So in general, I think, I think Geno Smith's a, a pretty solid option this week. Uh, if you're looking for a guy deep off the waiver wire. I, I really like him this week. I wrote about him. I I'm writing a, a weekly column for Roto Grinders. Yeah, I saw that. Everyone. It was good, man. Uh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And so we're, uh, uh, I mentioned him as a kind of a contrarian play after a really quiet preseason in, in which everybody was kind of expecting him to choke away the starting yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he didn't he didn't burn it up this preseason. And for me, I don't know, I'm okay yeah, with that. Yeah, I saw you mention that his uh, Michael Vick's cost on DraftKings was actually higher than Geno Smith's. Yeah, I mean, that's that's sort of incredible, yeah, it's, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you lock in salaries on, like, May 26th, however early, however early they did it. Yeah, it really was. Um, so I know I know people are going to talk about this or ask this uh, just because of the, what the show is, and we're kind of divided on it. But um, I'm not into Sean Hill this week, and I know that you're into Sean Hill this week. <laughs> just because I've been auto retweeting everything Sean Hill is, for the past. So get so I understand. So your you, is is your is your case mostly the fact that the Vikings defense was so horrendous. I mean their their secondary was horrendous last year, like putrid. Yeah. Right, it was. I mean, they gave up 0. 0.5, 0. 0.56 fantasy points per attempt uh, to opposing, uh, you know, uh, signal callers. So uh, it really is uh, something. I, I that's kind of what I was was aiming for. And I understand, you know, the the Vikings defense uh, has improved. How much? How much do you think it has improved? I think that's the big question. I'm a big Mike Zimmer fan, and I think you know they they did add pieces to that secondary as well. Um, and so, you know, obviously there's that side of things where I do think that they improve, but then the other side is that the, the Rams offense. So with Sam Bradford last year, before he got hurt, um, they were ninth in the league in pass to run ratio and which is great for Sam Bradford's purposes. He was a decent fantasy. He was actually a great fantasy quarterback because he, they kept throwing the ball on the, like the one and two yard line when he was in the red zone. Uh, but right. it was like, it was crazy. It was just stupid. The, the, uh, the splits there. Uh, or the, the length of his touchdown passes. And then uh, whenever Kellen Clemens came and went under center, uh, the Rams finished the season uh, 24th in pass-to-run ratio, and that includes the games that Sam Bradford played. That's not only when Kellen Clemens played. That includes Sam Bradford. So they became a really, really run-heavy team. Kellen Clemens only had one top-12 performance at quarterback last year. I mean, I you can make the argument, sure, that Sean Hill is better than Kellen Clemens, which I would not argue against. Uh, but at the same time, I'm just not, I'm not big into a Brian Schottenheimer offense. It's, it's very, it's very difficult for me to buy into yeah. the quarterback position of a Brian Schottenheimer offense. I think this game could be, I, I was, ta- I was talking to our, our buddy, Rich Rebar on Twitter today and it, 
I, I sent him the tweet, all the Blair Walshes, because that's, that's basically the, I, the way I could see this game going down is that it's just a field goal fest. Um, so yeah. that's, that's, that's the main reason why I'm against Sean Hill. But I, I, I get it more, you know, like daily I can understand it more because he's a, he's a minimum quarterback. Um, but, you know, overall I'm kind of shying away. Yeah, I, I actually am, am not playing him in any, like, you know, redrafts, yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I do – I do think that he's like a nice hail mary attempt on in like in like huge daily tournaments, yeah. um, uh, and and I understand like he, I think part of his because I mean pretty much Sean Hill plays a little bit like Rex Grossman in that he just doesn't give right, a crap right. about like what he he'll just chuck it, and uh, and you know he has he has three enormous receivers um, enormous pass catchers in, in that offense, um, but I don't know if he'll be able to have that sort of opportunity, you know, he, he had that opportunity in Scott Linehan's scheme, um, uh, in Detroit when he was, uh, when he was in for Stafford, when he was injured, but obviously Schottenheimer is the anti Linehan in, in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah. So you're, I, I do see yeah. your point. I mean, it's a risky play without a doubt. Um, Oh man. And we're, we're just going to brag so much to one another once the outcome <laughs> happens. Oh my God. You know, no matter what happens, my my mentions are going to be on fire on yeah. Sunday. Like, like, like Sean Hill throws a pick, boom! My mentions go up in flames. Sean Hill throws a touchdown, boom! Yeah, ex- flames, exactly, you know? exactly. That's just that's just the way this goes. Whenever whenever you mm-hmm. have someone that you're you're either promoting or or demoting in a way. Um, all right, so yeah, that does it. That does it for uh, quarterbacks. So I have Carson Palmer, Alex Smith, and his brother Geno Smith. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so I'll set, what'd you say? Technically speaking. Technically, yeah. Uh, so I will send it your way to talk about some tight ends. Uh, okay. One tight end who everyone knows that I, that that I, that I like him a lot, not just for this week, but for the season. Um, and I say everyone as if everyone reads all my work, which is really egotistical of me, but you know, I guess that's what I do. And, um, (laughs) Travis Kelsey, uh, is a guy I think who, is I mean for me I haven't ranked as as my eleventh eleventh uh, uh, tight end for week one, and I feel like I'm being a little bit chicken by having him all the way down there because I think that despite him being listed as the number two tight end for Kansas City behind Anthony Fasano, uh, I think that there's plenty of evidence to show that he can be and will be a part of the uh team's uh you know uh passing attack however limited um and i i think that it's just kind of foolish to ignore what you know what he showed in the preseason which was um that you know when he when he gets the ball he can he can do stuff with the ball you know what i mean uh uh and and alex smith really loves tight ends we talked about that um in last week's podcast so I just, yeah. I just feel like, I just feel like he's, he's like, you know, the preeminent streaming tight end option uh, this week against a, a, a Titans team who is not, who was not fantastic against opposing tight ends last year, and who probably won't be much a whole lot better this year. I mean, there's really not a whole lot of reason to believe that. So, I love, I love Kelsey. I'm starting him in a couple leagues. I have him in a few uh, um, uh, daily. A lineup so um he's he's my guy this yeah. week 
Yeah, I, I love him as well. Uh, I was promoting him on Twitter. Uh, the the big thing with him, you know, some people are worried about Anthony Fasano, uh, which sure that's 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 a worry. Fasano ran with the ones throughout the preseason, um, but I think at the same time, you know, you mentioned uh, B.J. Kissel right last yeah. week, talked about, or two weeks ago, how he mentioned the fact that they're going to get Kelsey the ball. Yeah, they're they're going. I mean, Fasano is not the same kind of pass catcher that Kelsey is, whereas. There are so many other situations in the league right now where you kind of have these sophomore or young tight ends that are kind of trying to supplant these these veteran guys. Um, and I think that this situation is actually more favorable than those other situations, like the Antonio Gates, Darius Green, or Zach Ertz and Brent Selig. Right. Yeah. And and I yeah I do too. I I would play. I mean, I know this this is like sacrilegious to people who have been looking forward to deploying Ladarius Green uh at the or against the Cardinals uh but I would play Kelsey over Green yeah oh I'm with you completely and and just to mention it since we're on it like I would I actually would play Antonio Gates this week over Ladarius Green yeah me too I mean what I don't see any reason not to honestly yeah yeah I mean snaps are are in favor of of Antonio Gates um obviously you know Ladarius Green can catch one pass and outscore Antonio Gates. Like that's just the kind of player he is. Uh, but I'd rather play it safe. The Cardinals' defense is atrocious at stopping tight ends. They showed that last year. Um, and Antonio Gates is still out there on like forty percent of waiver wires. So if you're listening and he's out there, he's not a bad option. He's definitely a safe option this week. I will. I'll say that. So if you're kind of nervous about going with Kelsey, uh, Antonio Gates might be out there uh, in your on your waiver wire. But the other the other guy I wanted to talk about. So. I do prefer Zach Ertz over Brent Selleck, don't get me wrong. Um, they're playing a Jaguars team that, that was pretty bad at stopping tight ends last year. Um, and, and it's an improved defense. Um, but I do just want to throw out in like deeper, deeper leagues that I do think that Brent Selleck could still be involved in that offense. Uh, he's a superior blocker. Um, and that, I think I mentioned this on the tight end podcast that I was a little bit afraid of what that could do to Zach Ertz's value just in general. Um, so, you know... If you're really, really, really hurting, I mean, I think that you could probably do worse. I'm not really promote, you know, I'm not saying that he's he's the guy this week because I I too like Travis Kelsey. I like uh, a guy like Heath Miller who should have a pretty big floor and and Antonio Gates. But um, you know, if you're in like a, a 16 team league, you know, don't overlook a guy like Selick. Yeah, I mean, that's actually like the sneakiest play I've heard of in a long time but I kind of like <laughs> well the thing is too is that um and I was talking to Rich about this as well um is that both of those teams want to run a lot of plays mm-hmm. um and that that that's good news for for any of the guys that are you know any and both offenses guys that you want to play in fantasy uh but the the Eagles are, are Vegas has the Eagles scoring like 31 and a half points or something like that uh so they're gonna I mean they're going to to score points on this Jacksonville defense um and you know when you're when you're streaming tight ends, it's not bad to to go for for uh, offenses that uh, the tight end has has a legitimate chance to score. And if they put up four or five touchdowns, and Brent Selleck has a legitimate chance to score, it's kind of it's kind of. I remember I did the same thing with Jordan Reed last year, and then he got a touchdown at the end of the game. Right. But Jordan Jordan Reed's also a lot better than Brent Selleck. But we didn't know that at the time. No, no, I know. I mean, I remember like having to make that decision, which is kind of crazy in hindsight, but. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I think it's just a, I think it's just a, a an an interesting play. I'll say that. I I I think that it's like a like a tournament winning play honestly in in uh in in daily. I mean, that's that would potentially if he if he caught, you know, even even if he caught, you know, two passes for 
for 40 yards and a touchdown, it would be, yeah. uh, it would be way more than, you know, the, he's expected to contribute or it would, you know, that's factored into his cost. So that uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see. Um, the, the Jaguars were, were really bad against tight ends. Yeah. They were terrible against tight ends last year. So we'll, you know, there's, there's that, that potential. There's the idea that we're over and I just earmuffs Denny. There's potential that we've overstated Zach Ertz's role in the offense as well. Oh my God. I'm going to vomit right now. <laughs> I'm gonna vomit all over this keyboard. Uh, you have one more guy though that you need to to pimp. Oh my gosh, I forgot. How did I forget? Uh, yeah. Well, my other auto retweet for the week is <laughs> is connected to Sean Hill. He, he is. He, There's just a giant cord. He's yeah connected to the two guys where the football travels through the cord so no one else can touch it. Through the cord of my hopes and dreams. Jared Cook, everyone. Jared Cook. Thank you very much. I'll be over here if you need me. Um, <laughs> no, I mean I know like I know everyone I know everyone hates Jared Cook and everything, but Vikings, you know, not the greatest team against tight tight ends. Uh, you know, maybe Jared Get Cook gets a little more, a little of that week one juju that he had last year. I mean, that's what we base our picks on, right? Yeah, week one juju. Week one juju. Oh, I think we just came up with the podcast name. Um, <laughs> How am I spelling that? Uh, I think it's just J U J U. Okay, I could all right. be wrong. Um, I think you've been spending too much time with a baby. Uh, <laughs> you may be right, uh, but anyway, the the you know the the point is uh, that I I really I really do like him as as if you're in a 14 team league and you're looking you know for someone on the wire I, I really I really do like him the the Rotoviz projection machine actually really likes his Jared Cook ceiling and really if you're swinging if you're if you're going with Jared Cook you're kind of hoping for his ceiling so yeah I yeah. you know I really I just think that he's he's I have him as a top 12 play and when you're streaming you know that's that's what you're looking for. Uh, yeah, you're just looking for that week one juju, man. <laughs> That's what we need. Uh, all right, so Jared Cook, we got we got the, the both tight ends in Philly. Uh, probably, I, I liked Antonio Gates. Heath Miller is a guy uh, to, to look for. And obviously Travis Kelsey, who we both are kind of in love with, which is good because I didn't want to have to fight it. I mean, I'm glad that we're both in the same wavelength with Travis Kelsey because that could that could lead into a 10 minute discussion. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, those are the picks this week. Let's see at defense, just to recap at defense, you got the jets, you got the lions and you have the bears at quarterback. You have Alex and Geno Smith, blood brothers Mm. and Carson Palmer. And then the last guys who we just mentioned, you got Travis Kelsey, Keith Miller, Philly tight ends and Jared cook. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. We're living the stream, baby. Yeah. Hey, that that is that's that's the streamiest lineup of people I've ever seen. And, and you know, I, I would say one thing about Carson Palmer, uh, which which I mentioned meant to mention earlier, the Chargers really uh, don't put uh, a ton of pressure on, on opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, it's big. And and that's big for Palmer. Uh, um, he actually, I think Pat Thorman looked into how uh, Palmer performed when he had time in the pocket last year and that was a that was a huge split between when he had time to throw and when he didn't uh, yeah so I, I just i think that that's that's something that that, that, that shouldn't be overlooked here is that the uh, cardinals offensive line is not going to have its hands full with a you know with an elite defensive front 
Yeah, I totally agree. All right, Denny. Well, now that we have time to do things, we can answer Twitter questions and listen to me screw up reading Twitter handles. Okay, this is the best part of the show. This is why people <laughs> tune in. Uh, all right, well, let's start it off. We have at DVIC89. Uh, he says, Bernard Pierce, Pierre Thomas, Jeremy Hill to start at RB2 and a half point PPR. So Bernard Pierce gets the Bengals, Jeremy Hill gets the Ravens, and Pierre Thomas gets the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I, I have, I mean, I have Pierce highest. I know that's, you know, that won't be shocking to anyone. It's, uh, I have him as the 20, my 26th rank running back. Uh, yeah. I have Hill down at 38. Um, and where do I have Thomas? Um I have Thomas at 30. So, I mean, it's actually really close, so, like, like between, uh, between um, Pierce and, and Pierre. But uh, I would go Pierce just because he is guaranteed a certain workload. Yeah. Okay. I'd go, I think I'd go Thomas. Of course you would. You love Pierre Thomas. I do. Okay, so the next question is from Vinny P at Kingfish Paz. Uh, who do I start between Russell Wilson and Carson Palmer? I have uh, I have Wilson significantly higher this week. He's my third ranked quarterback. Yeah, I definitely would go with Wilson over Palmer as well. Palmer obviously has there's a lure there, but Wilson against that Packers team, uh, it's gonna be gonna be good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, next question is from at Robot Leader. He said Jeremy Hill or Kelsey at the flex position. Mm. That's a really good question. Uh, I mean. I feel as 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 tenuous as Kelsey's uh, opportunity may seem. I think maybe Hills is is even more tenuous. I don't know. I ah, uh, I'd, I'd have to go with Kelsey. Yeah, I'll I'll lean Kelsey. I'll say maybe if it's standard, I would go with Jeremy Hill. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'll go with that. I mean, Hill, I guess safely gets what seven eight touches. Yeah, 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 easily. I think so. Yeah. Um, the next one is from Justin Rowland at jroll23. He said very, very just flat out, he said, please go over the whole benching Aaron Rodgers nonsense. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there and say that it's kind of just hilarious that there's actually people thinking about benching Aaron Rodgers, not because it's a bad decision, but because it just shows you why you don't draft a quarterback early. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't have him – ranked as a top 10 play this week and I don't think that that's crazy so um you know I I know that if you drafted him that you you thought to yourself well I got I got an every week starter locked up no matter what but that's you know that's not the way I see it for for at least this week he I mean he'll have his blow-up weeks it's just that this this really does not shape up as as one of them yeah Oh, by the way, this is a good time to bring up that this podcast is sponsored by Sportable. So you can find them at sportable.is. I-S. That's right. And do you have anything more to add about Sportable, yeah. Dennis? Uh, Sportable, uh, um, they it's pretty much just NFL news and fantasy news, like like legit fantasy analysis at a glance. And I think that that's you know, kind of the, 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 the crux of why – why I go to the site, uh, honestly, uh, is, is to, is to get that sort of at a glance, um, uh, content and analysis. They have really good writers. Uh, so I, I just, I think that it's something that, that people should be using, um, you know, 
uh, th- this season, and uh, and and especially if if you're looking at matchups, they have great stuff on on matchups. Uh, uh, they have a lot of a, a good writers, so uh, they can be found um, on Twitter uh, uh, at at Sportable, um, and uh, they're like JJ said, the site is um, is Sportable dot is um, if you'd like to check it out. Yeah, great website, great guy running it. That's Sal. Uh, so anyway, back to the questions. We have Steve Donovan, at Breve Donovan. Oh, sorry, Breve Bronovan. <laughs> there's, 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 there's my first mess up of the year, ladies and gentlemen. Breve <laughs> Bronovan. He said, would you start Big Ben or Andy Dalton over Geno Smith this week? It's a pretty, pretty interesting question. I probably would... Uh, I'd probably... Uh, I'd probably play it safe. I think I'd go with Ben. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know what? I actually, I have Gino higher. And I, I would, I would go Gino. So there, I said it. I said it. Wow. Sorry, brief Bronovan. You're not getting an answer. <laughs> uh, Johnny Hill at Blom N. At Blom. Well, what else would it be? Should I be worried about Keenan Allen going against Patrick Peterson? I have Jordy, Michael Floyd, Kendall Wright, pick three. Mm. Uh, I think you have to start Jordy and Michael Floyd. Um, you know, I'm not totally against Kendall Wright, but I'd probably still go Keenan Allen there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a the uh, Keenan Allen's matchups. Actually, the first two weeks are it's pretty poor uh, matchups for him. But yes, I would. Yeah. Um, drafted RG3 as LRQB with no backup, keep and play versus Hugh, Hugh week, week, drop for Palmer slash stream, <laughs> recommend a roster to QB. I don't know. Thanks. Thanks a lot at James underscore Gordy. He says, I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even kidding. The question is drafted RG3 as LRQB with no backup, keep and play versus Hugh week, week. Drop for Palmer slash stream recommend or roster two QB. I would just say Juju to that. But, <laughs> yeah. but. Week one Juju. No, I think what he's asking is uh, he has no backup to RG3. Would you play him against week, uh, against Houston week one? He said week, week. Or would you drop him for Palmer and then stream? I mean. And then, or would you recommend or, Palmer or stream recommendations or roster two QBs? Oh, good lord! So it's basically RG three versus Palmer slash streaming. I don't really like RG three that much this year. It's hard. It's hard for me to really like him. So I'm. I wouldn't necessarily drop him. I can. I can maybe get behind you picking up Carson if you if you have someone to drop and play Carson over RG three in week one. I mean, can you trade RG for anything? You know, I right. I mean, right. I feel like right. I feel like that. That's just uh, maybe if it's a ten team league. Then right, not, that's huge. You're just not going to have any takers, so I, I. That's huge though too. If it's a ten team league, and it's really easy to stream. It is extremely easy, and I would say this: if it's a, if it's kind of a shallow bench situation, it's a ten ten team league. Then I think you can drop Robert Griffin the third to waivers. Yeah, just stream. Live that stream, James Gordy. Thanks for making me feel like an idiot. <laughs> this is from at BB Duram. He says, should I trade Ryan Mallett and Lamar Miller for Frank Gore? What? Yes. <laughs> Just, what? Why? Wait, <laughs> Ryan Mallett is rostered in, in what seems like a redraft league. I think we both say, yes, get Frank Gore. Yeah. What? 
Wait a second. Yeah. And Frank Gore's going to go off week one, too. Wait, did I mean, people know that Ryan Mallett's not the starter, right? I, I, I hope. And even if he was, who cares? Yeah, I still don't want him. This one is from at Derek Adesso. Kelsey or Clay at tight end? Chucky Clay is playing against New England. Yeah. I mean, I... Oh, gosh. I have Kelsey higher. Kelsey... I think I think I this is the this is the, a key point with with streaming uh, tight ends is that you can just go you can just go upside because it doesn't matter if they don't perform because we're like Charles Clay is not even close to a lock to perform. It's the tight end position. That's just what happens unless you have a Gronk or a, a Graham. Uh, you know you're not guaranteed performance. So go for upside because that upside is going to pay off for you at times. Absolutely. Um, the next question is from Belair Eric. Belair. Eric Belair. Yep. He said, who to drop to pick up at defense and special teams and kicker? So basically he needs room for his defense and kicker. Right. John Brown, Tim Wright, Jordan Matthews, Dunbar, Bradshaw, and Dobson. So I guess he needs to drop two. Um, I would, I, I would drop Tim Wright. Yeah. I mean, wait, is is Tim Wright like suddenly a a, a must roster guy? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. If there's another guy that you need to drop, I'd probably drop Dobson. Yeah, I guess. I mean, or actually, maybe John Brown. I was gonna say Dunbar. Yeah, that's fair too. All you, you really, I think Tim Wright's definite, and then the other guys you can make an argument. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like Rich is gonna, you know, nuke nuke me on Twitter after this, but. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the only reason why I didn't say Dunbar is because I worried about the backlash. Oh, well, I'm, because he's he's really fierce that Rich Rebar. Yeah, he's you know he's, he's kind of he has he has a mean streak. So yeah, yeah. This is this is from at Von XN Mike Thomas. He says, should I consider dropping Kelvin Benjamin for Travis Kelsey? Negative. What? No, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, this one is from James Felden at James Felds. He says, Percy Harvin ready to put up those numbers yet? <laughs> I guess. Sure. Uh, no, I don't know. Um, I mean, if he can, you know, stay in the field, I actually have him as a top 20 option this week. So, you know, sure. He, he'll put up numbers. I don't know how good in numbers, but he'll put up numbers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not really that interested in Percy Harvin. Uh, the last question, Eagles versus Jets D, any appreciable difference? Who would you play? Oh, man, you know, (laughs) well, the Jets, I mean, I would, I would play the Jets defense. Yeah, me too. And then that same guy asked, uh, would you play Fred Jack? I forgot to read his handle, but, uh, Fred Jackson or Pierre Thomas, Mm. I would, I would play F Jax. Yeah. I I mean, I, I talked about. Jackson in in the Roto Grinders piece today, and I think that I think he has kind of a stupid high uh, ceiling this week. Um, yeah. Uh, even if game script goes haywire, which it might. Um, yeah, he'll still see the field. It's not you know he's not an Alfred Morris type. He he's not he's not yanked when it's time to throw the ball. So I yeah you know I just I really yeah I like him a lot. Cool. Well, that's it. I guess it's time to to rant. I think it is. It's our first rant of the of the new season. So I'm gonna, yeah. Why don't you, why don't you kick it yeah, off? Yeah, I'm going to make it good. Now, what I wanted to talk about tonight was 
and welcome back to another episode of Killing the Stream. I'm your host, Kenny Darter. I'm here for some last-minute draft advice. The season starts tomorrow, as you may or may not know. And I want to fill you in on what to do if your draft is in the moments, the hours, the minutes, the seconds before the 2014 season kicks off. I want you to do the following. I want you to draft Peyton Manning. I want you to draft Jimmy Graham back to back. And then I want you to say, hold on, Commissioner. Stop the draft immediately. And the commissioner will say, what are you talking about? I can't stop it. And you say, you stop it right now. You stop it or I'm out. And they'll stop because you've already made a power move. You've already made the power move. You've taken Graham and you've taken Peyton Manning back to back. You've instantly killed them. You've killed them. They're dead. They don't even know it. They're sitting at the draft table. They're dead. They don't know it. It's like the sixth sense. You're just seeing ghosts at that point. You say stop the draft. He stops the draft. And then he resets the draft. Because you say, Commissioner, you must reset this draft. And the Commissioner says, fine, I will. And then, do you know what you do? I think you'll be shocked by this. No, you won't. Because you listen to the show and you know what to do. You know that the streamers, the heretics, are wrong. You say reset this draft. And then you go and you draft Peyton and you draft Jimmy Graham back to back again. You win not once, but twice. You destroy your opponents not once, but twice. You literally, in that, in that manner, you actually put a stick of dynamite in their mouths. You light the wick. You watch it burn down. You watch it explode. You'll, you'll be covered by things that are unspeakable, not mentionable in public, really. If we're just going to be honest about it for a minute. But it doesn't matter. It was worth it. You drafted Jimmy Graham and you drafted Peyton Manning, the two best players in the NFL, in history, in the history of organized sport, back-to-back, twice, and you killed your opponents twice. Good luck this season. We'll be back after commercial. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, 